All right, welcome to Lots of Gravel. Is that what we've decided? That's kind of a joke name, just on the gravel lot. Hey, but um, this is a, uh, a, a, a parts bin episode that we are trying out because the biggest, hottest thing in the world of cycling right now is gravel racing, is Grode. And I have the, the premier Grode journalist in the United States, possibly in the world, with me here to help Zach Schuster from Cyclocross Magazine. Hey, Zach. How's it going, Bill? It's going well. This is this is something like we we just recorded an episode of Cyclocross Radio that I think that you were generous in allowing me just to ramble on about everything that's that's hap- that is going through my head with the current state of US Cyclocross and we are now moving over to gravel and as much as i am talking right now that is soon going to stop because this is your domain sweet i'm excited uh by the way i i was i was uh pushing for cx hairs grodio oh uh, that that's was my right idea yeah no that's actually i like that so we'll let the gravel lot guys off the hook that we're just not gonna reverse their name so uh we, let's just do i think we should just do grodio Grodio. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, it Grodio. doesn't make nothing before it. Just Grodio. <laughs> it's perfect. You know, it's funny. I uh, I was just, uh, we have a, I don't know when this is going to post, but I have an interview with Ted King, the defending king of Kanza, aptly enough. And so he's been doing all year this video series called The Grod to Kanza. Uh, and I've always been kind of like anti-Grode, like just call it gravel. Uh, but man, I just started dropping Grodes left and right. And then when I taught Grammarly how to like just accept Grode, I was just like, Grode, Grode, all Grodes lead to Kansas. So well, it really grew on me in like the span of editing a piece. It was really funny. Just how the 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 bikes, you know, have somehow become, you know, we have Grode bikes now. It, it makes me, nothing makes me happier than being able to say, because it just, I know it's just people's, it's like, fingers on a chalkboard for people when you say oh yeah it's of course on that bike is the that's the grode brifter (laughs) yeah well you know to be fair though like i think the the standard is that gravel is still really trying to figure out what it is and what it wants to be uh and so you know we may end up calling it grode down the road you know because there's gravel grinder and i know the word gravel grinder like annoys people a lot and from my perspective, I don't like it either. But when I I trying to do like SEO search engine optimization, I'm like, oh, I have to put gravel grinder in this title, and I don't want to do it. So you never know where it's really going to end up going. In your typical gravel race, how much of the surface would you say is actually gravel? Oh, that is a very good question. So this discussion recently came up with the uh, the Belgian waffle ride. Uh, and unnamed rider referred to it as a gravel race, even though it was really, I mean, it was like 30% like off-road. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, they call it a spring classic. And so there was uh, some discussion on the internets about, you know, can you call it a gravel race? Probably not. Um, I'm guessing, you know, ones like the Dirty Kanza, I mean, the Dirty Kanza is like 98 99% gravel roads. Um, but I would say your your typical gravel race, I would say, is probably about somewhere between like 60 and 70. Um, you know, uh, uh, the Flint Hills, where the Dirty Kanza is, there's just, it's all gravel roads, like everywhere. There's like a highway that's paved and everything is gravel, whereas some other places, I think there's more of the paved highways and just by like the laws of geometry, <laughs> you have to use some of them uh, to get back home or out to, you know, whatever feature it is you're going to ride. So yeah, I would say typically 60 to 70, but you know, I think part of why Dirty Kanza is so renowned is in part because it's, it's literally all gravel. Yeah. Yeah. But they still have, um, I just remember the thing about Kanza was the creek crossings that turned into river crossings some years. Is that still a thing? Last year, I know they put uh, like an actual creek crossing, like the road that they were on just kind of ends at very much a creek. And there's like, you could probably drive a truck through there, but the road just kind of ends. And so riders have to, some of them tried to ride 
need it. Uh, some of them, uh, Lucio, cough, cough, with his road shoes slipped and fell <laughs> in the water. So that was kind of entertaining to watch. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's a number of events. I didn't see it last year. It was a very dry uh, year at Kanza. But yes, that is a part of a lot of events. Uh, the Hilly Billy Bay, you've been there, right? Yeah, which, you know, I was going to bring up Hilly Billy Bay because uh, one of the things that interests me in this this rise of gravel, and it's actually something that we just finished talking about and that we've talked about in the past with about uh, cyclocross is that Hilly Billy Bay used to be part of what was the Ultra Cross series, uh, which I think was maybe four or five races. And series is something that you and I are, you know, it's sort of tied to us for life. So is there a gravel series? Should there be a gravel series? Ooh, wow. We're just getting right into I'm the... I'm getting right uh, into it. Um, so I would argue uh, that a... <laughs> uh, since we just came off talking about C1s and cyclocross, I would argue that y- there is somewhat of a de facto uh, series of races that a number of the top riders attend. Is that, was that mealy mouth enough? I mean, I think it starts with Land Run is definitely one of them. Uh, Belgian Waffle has become uh, one of those rides. Dirty Kanza, uh, Rebecca's Private Idaho, Crusher and the Tusher. Uh, there's a handful of the big races that you see a lot of the big names go to. Um, but no, I don't think there is a series. Uh, should there be a series? You know, uh, there are some that are sprouting up. There are a number of states that are doing one. There's one down in Texas. Uh, We saw the one up in New York, the Dirty Bike Series. And they were super, uh, Tony Seiler, the guy who does that, he was super generous because we saw this photo and there was literally neutral support. Like they had a moto kind of follow the lead groups and it was of interest to us because it was Curtis White and Anthony Clark and Jeremy Powers were, were in the lead group and they had a moto following them. So they opted to do a series and he was really generous. We wrote a story about, you know, neutral support and gravel and all mm. that. So, you know, I think what I like about gravel is that um, it, there's room for experimentation because it is unsanctioned. You can do whatever you want uh, at this point. And it seems like you know, if if there is a series, if someone is like, hey, I'm going to put together these four races and it's going to be a series and it works, then it works. Um, but, you know, that's not really my decision to make. And if that's by the same token, if it doesn't work, then it's be like, yeah, we tried that. That's not going to be what gravel is. So I think it's it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like the, the proverbial Wild West at this point to me. Yeah, but here's the interesting thing and why I brought that up and especially the ultra cross uh, aspect of it. 2011. There was an ultra cross series and ultra cross really, you know, the, uh, I know J.R. Petsko is always like, well, they tell me the rules are that you have to dismount at least once, you know, during this 60, 70 mile race, whatever it is. But, uh, if you can ride it the whole time, I don't care. Do what you need to do. So, you know, it, it, it sort of was, and especially with that race, which is a lot of, I mean, they're all state roads in West Virginia, although they have a different definition of what a road is. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's all, I think pretty much falling into what this is, but we actually, there was a series. So it was Hilly Billy Bay, three peaks, uh, iron cross and then Southern cross. Um, so oh, wow. yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it may be worthwhile going back and just exploring, exploring that. Cause I, I think that at least, uh, I, I think that was kind of the roots of, of what's happening here, except people stopped, you know, feeling like they had to shoulder their bike for any part of it. And it just became, you know, these, these more gravel rides. I, one of my favorite Bill Shikens is Bill Shiken assignment editor. So uh, <laughs> I like it. It's one of my favorite, he's one of my favorite, uh, favorite Bill characters. <laughs> so there you go. Go back and do a retrospective of uh, ultra cross. It might be, maybe fun. Uh, okay. But let's, uh, I, I, I want you to, because again, I, I know this from the outside, but just just a little history from you on 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 the gravel scene, kind of where it came from and what it's turning into. You already talked about neutral support and those kinds of things. It seems like the there is much like what we saw in cyclocross from the people who want to come out there and have almost a jungle cross race that it's gotten too watered down and there's too many finger quote roadies who are in it now from when there was 10 or 15 years ago and it's too competitive and not as much fun anymore. It It seems like 
Gravel is sort of struggling with some of those same issues, but at the same time, they are, I feel like, on a trajectory to become even more legitimate than cyclocross may be. Yeah, obviously, I there's a lot of other people who are much better about, um, in terms of speaking of the history, uh, than I am. Uh, and it's certainly, it's been, you know, a decade plus in the making. I mean, you look at like Trans-Iowa was one of the first ones. It wrapped up with its 14th year <laughs> uh, last year. So it's it's nothing new. Uh, it's certainly been around. Uh, but, you know, I think that would actually be an interesting story trying to pinpoint, you know, what has occurred to make it gravel into like the thing. I mean, just look at Sea Otter the last few years. It's, you know. We saw like maybe a handful of new cross bikes and how many new gravel bikes. So it's certainly uh, gotten the attention uh, of the industry. Uh, you well, know, I think can, I, can I just have a really, really quick like yeah, aside? And I mean this in, in complete seriousness. And I haven't heard anything about it, so I may it may already be talked about too much. But is there going to be e e e e racing in on gravel? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Because that uh, just just when you said sea otter, that's all I could think about was like oh. uh, electric bikes. <laughs> uh, didn't we write a? Didn't we do an April Fool's story about that? We may have probably. This year. <laughs> I think we did. See, just you're right up there on reality. Okay, I'm sorry. Go back to um, yeah. Oh uh, well, I was gonna say you know I think one thing uh, that appealed to me about gravel is the vibe reminds despite everything you said about cyclocross, the vibe reminds me of cross like cross to me is super laid back. Like it's a chance to go see my friend, say hi, race, have a beer, uh, see people, you know, have a good time, chat, tell stories. And I think that's really what's appealing to people about gravel. Um, you know, and I think there's talks about whatever is happening at the front of the race. And I think there will always be those discussions. And it seems like this week with, multiple world tour teams racing it. We'll probably hear the, some discussions uh, about that kind of stuff again. Uh, but for your average person, uh, it's a chance to go out and do something really challenging. That's fun. Everyone has their story afterwards. You have a beer, like everyone comes back. Well, I mean, uh, unless you crash or like have something horrible, but generally speaking, you make it back uh, and you have this really cool accomplishment uh, that you did. So I think really that's why gravel is growing is that a lot of people are doing it challenging themselves and having like a shit ton of fun doing it is as it, if riding a hundred miles can be a shit ton of fun <laughs> is 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 it more in line of running a marathon is it an accomplishment with you know a a race at the front and is that what is drawing more of an appeal i i think it is uh you know it's because it's hard. Well, it depends. Like, I mean, like, well, for some people it is hard, but like doing a hundred mile ride is a very difficult accomplishment. You can be like, I went to land run and I did this thing and wow, I didn't think I could do it. Uh, yeah. And I think that is really appealing for a lot of people is that it's hard, but at the same time, there is an incredibly supportive community. And I was sitting in the, uh, <laughs> with your boy, with our, our boy, Ethan Gladding, yeah. great dude, now is the official CX Hairs European correspondent. Um, but we were sitting in the tunnel, the chute, the, the finish line at Dirty Conza, which comes down Commercial Street in Emporia. It's incredible. There's all these people, like so many people just lined up and every person's coming in and they're finishing whatever distance and people are just going nuts. And they're giving high fives and... Like, I hadn't seen anything like that since I'd gone to the finish line of the Ironman uh, in Madison. Same same thing. Everyone's just going nuts. Like, you're an Ironman, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was incredible. I was like, holy shit. Like, who would not want to be a part of this? Uh, so I think it's really tapping into... We've seen it, too, with uh, uh, CrossFit. Like, super supportive. Right. This yeah. very supportive aspect. Like, it's not everyone's a winner. It's just that, like, everyone is part of the community everyone is welcome everyone is achieving something uh and it's just really positive and like let's be honest like cycling struggles with that a lot yeah just look at twitter <laughs> oh for sure and you know and even even to the point that and i think it's a lot of people who aren't even racing but are just observing that are upset that these three ef rider pro tour riders are showing up and 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 wanting to race in their sandbox and i think that um 
I go back. I I I think that uh, older or younger Bill might have been more cynical about it, but now I see it as as kind of a fun thing, and um, I'm I'm kind of glad that they they are there, and I don't think it ruins anybody's experience. It it definitely brings up the profile of the race. It's not you know there are only what like twenty or thirty people that are really competing for the win in 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 Dirty Kanza. Um, so I just, I, I think that, that, that's kind of a neat thing that, and that sort of gives it a little bit more of legitimacy and makes it a little more of the, uh, cycling zeitgeist. Yeah, I think that, uh, well, and I say this, we're Cyclocross Magazine, I'm going to cover the race that's occurring, you know, my heart is certainly with, like, the average person, because that's who I am, but, you know, we're still, we're, we're going to do that, but, yeah, like, the people at the front affect the races of approximately, like, 1% of this, the field, 2%, like, the average person, like, is going to do a 206-mile ride with a bunch of friends, and, hey, that's pretty cool, like, I got to line up with some world tour dudes. Okay, they're gone. Well, anyway, now I'm going to have my race, you know? Um, but yeah, I think we saw last year, there was some controversy around the race and a lot of the commentary seemed to be coming from people who weren't necessarily part of the quote unquote gravel community. Uh, I don't know. It was just really interesting being there for the, you know, I drove around, I saw probably more of that race than like everyone, but the front of the race. Um, you know, so it was just kind of interesting seeing the commentary online and what people were saying versus like me being there, like driving, (laughs) several hundred miles in my my rental car you know seeing what was going on and checking it out and stuff like that so yeah it seems like there was there is some of that i'm excited i think it's awesome i think it's going to be really cool um you know uh, this comes back to a discussion that we frequently have about cyclocross like your job is one of your jobs as a professional athlete is to provide value for your your sponsors and I can tell you that EIF Education First is going to get a shit ton of value out of having their riders at Dirty Kanza. Like, is all we're going to be talking about for, like, the next week. You know? I I really want them to show up in baggies, though. I think that that could be a huge, <laughs> huge boon for Rafa. I mean, they already have the bucket it, hats. I think, you know, oh, some... That would be very fair. Yeah. yeah. No, it'd be cool. Or they, like, should have a special DK jersey. Or at like least, a, if, if anything, they should have the uh, the, the Rafa cargo um, uh, 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 bibs. Fair. For sure. No, I, I think they could. You know, and I think, honestly, doing something like that um, would certainly signal to the folks who have been doing it for a long time that, like, hey, we get it. You know? Like, hey, we're here to party. We're here to have a good time. We're here to race. Uh, and I think uh, that would be a smart marketing move. Yeah, to go back, just, you know, and let's just concentrate on Kanza for a little while since that's the one that's coming up. Um, uh, if I get my act together and get this up, it will be up before the race happens this coming weekend. Um, I think that, well, I, I would like you to take us through just, you know, we, you talked about the controversy, exactly what that was. I'm assuming it's it's what happened or, or didn't happen or what the perception was of how Katie Keogh and Luke Keogh raced uh last year but can you just touch on that a little bit and maybe even um have you had any discussions with the organizers for what or have they announced any changes that have been made or or anything that's going to be different this year as opposed to last year or is it just water under the bridge have you literally been waiting a year uh to put me on this hot seat yep damn it (laughs) that's why i love you uh (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, like, uh, uh, the the gist of it is the Dirty Kanza uh, has a rule book. It has 25 rules in it, I believe. Uh, and so those are the rules, uh, essentially, that you uh, have to race by. But then there's this more nebulous idea of the spirit of gravel, uh, which has not necessarily uh, really been defined. Like, no one has really written down what the spirit of gravel is. Um, you know, but... Uh, it, one thing that is interesting, uh, very progressive, I think, about gravel racing is one, good luck. Good luck if you have payouts, uh, not having equal payouts. Uh, but two, the men and women do the same course and they start at the same time, which is really cool. Uh, and it certainly creates interesting dynamics. Um, so basically what happened is, you know, Luke uh, and Katie Keogh did. Uh, essentially rode the race together. Uh, they wanted to do it. Uh, they're, you know, they're married and they wanted to do a crazy 206 mile adventure together. Uh, and they did that. Uh, you know, we don't know, we didn't watch the whole race. 
um you know she obviously had to ride uh the 206 miles but you know there were photos including some that we did where she was uh sitting on his wheel uh and so there was a sense that perhaps you know people accused her of cheating uh which she did not do uh i guess the larger question would have been something uh about the the spirit of gravel um but yeah i I actually did i talked to jim cummins and leland danes last week um and they were talking about this and they were like look you know she followed the rules she did not break any rules there were probably you know hundred husbands and wives who did this race together. Uh, it's all perfectly fine and well. No one cared. You know, she was the rightful queen of Kansas and she won the race. Yeah. So that was, that was their position. And, um, you know, they had no plans on changing any rules and she won. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, that's the right call. It's interesting. I was, I was thinking about that because one of the things that, uh, the Epic rides mountain bike, series does which is very similar to the ethos of of gravel racing in that you know they 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 have their rule book i think fits on one page and Mm -hmm. this is uh a series that is giving away you know like a hundred thousand dollars over over the course of of the whole thing it might be a little less than that but it's a ton of money yet they're they really don't have a lot of rules And, and one of the you know, one of the rules that they have as far as support is that r- racers can support each other as far as, you know, if you have a teammate and, you know, you taco your wheel and they think you're a better racer and they want to give you your wheel, that's fine. But then they're done. Their race is over. You know, they can't, there's no uh, um, changing out r- wheels from a car or from anywhere else you're you're basically got to race what you got but the that being said the one rule that they are adamant about is that and i don't think that the kios did this but i just this is the rule is that if you think you're a smart guy and you found a loophole or some gray area in the rules and you take advantage of that and it benefits you and no one else then they reserve the right to just rule against you. Oh wow. And that's that is like that is in the rule book. If you find oh. something that isn't necessarily against the rules but gives you an advantage and is seen as a gray area, they're going to DQ you. Yeah, so a lot of the gravel events, I mean Gravel Worlds is one that I went to last year. They're they have like eight rules and like number 1 is don't be lame. Right. But I I mean yeah, I the good think, old like, don't be a dick. Yeah, but I think that Epic Rides rule actually is a little bit more definitive than don't be lame. For sure. I mean, by saying if it gives only a benefit to you, because like don't be lame, like anyone can interpret that however they want. That's yeah. interesting. Um, but yeah, I know. I mean, I think that, you know, for the most part, like Dirty Kanza, it I it was interesting hearing the discussion. They were like, how can we possibly, some people seem to be like, how can we possibly have this race? Uh, if there's no rules and it's, you know, I mean, people are usually out there, they get it. Like if you're the the stronger man or woman on that day, people are willing to tip their cap uh, and say, you know, say congrats. But at the same time, you know, although the Dirty Kanza does not give payouts, there's a ton of prestige around winning that race. Um, you know, I, I think that one rider I look at is, you know, Alison Tetrick won it two years ago. And I mean, she's, she has a second life as a, as a gravel racer, you know, like her road career was kind of tail, uh, near the end. Uh, and she's, you know, she's, a, a just a great asset to sponsors. And part of that is cause she won dirty Kanza. Like there's a ton of prestige around this race. So I get it. You know, even though there's no payouts, like winning DK is a I, you know, BFD. I, I didn't realize that, that there wasn't any payouts. That's. That's you get a belt amazing. buckle. That's you get a belt buckle. It's amazing. That's good. Land run has no payouts. I don't know. Belgian waffle maybe does, but like you're still seeing pros like an insane number. You know, people like being like, "This is my gravel program." <laughs> you know, it's athletes are finding ways to provide values for their sponsors by doing gravel while having a great time for the most part. Um, but yeah, that's it's booming. Like there's this paradigm shift. What is that's the- cheesy? It's okay. I, I use stakeholders. Uh, there's like this this shifting way of the, the way people are recorded. Uh, the the way people are seeing gravel and the value that an athlete can extract from it uh, is really changing rapidly. Looking, oh, my favorite thing to talk about: looking at the bikes, looking at the gear, 
is there, what is the, I, I, I guess it's a more slack geometry from a cyclocross bike to a gravel bike. Uh, I, I, my guess would be one of the biggest differences is that many more people are racing tubeless during gravel. Everyone's racing tubeless. Yeah. I mean, maybe tubes, but no one's racing tubulars. You'd be. Well, insane. I didn't think tubulars, but that's, oh. so it's, so, I mean, it just from 10 years ago till now, I think one of the, probably two of the biggest changes in races like this would be disc brakes and tubeless. And what, what then are people using Dyna plugs? Are they using, or is everybody just bringing spare tubes? What's happened when people are flattened? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so DK is a special case. And actually, this was really interesting. Uh, we ran a, we had a rider diary of uh, just average Joe going to do DK. And Andrew, my boss, was like, anything interesting? I was like, well, he was talking about running tubes. And Andrew's like, what? Everyone runs tubeless. Uh, but at DK, uh, they call them the Flint Hills. <laughs> As Jim Cummins pointed out to me, he's like, uh, they're pretty sharp. And so what you see a lot of is just sidewall gashes, mm. not necessarily just flats, but like gashes. And so no Dynaplug is going to gonna fix that. And so it was interesting being like, oh, I could actually see where you would justify to yourself running tubes. Uh, because, you know, if your sidewall gets gashed, like you ain't, you're not plugging that. But yeah, I, I, folks will use uh, Dynaplugs. Um, I think that's the first option. I know Sven. You could ask Sven if you ever chat with him again. <laughs> he had the worst day ever last year at Dirty Kanza um, and still came out smiling because he's Sven. But yeah, he like he flatted and then he flatted again. He like tore a sidewall or, and then he ended up having to put a tube in uh, after he tried to plug it. So yeah, I think like a plug is your first bet, uh, but then you have to kind of go to the tubes and there's no neutral support. So <laughs> that is one thing uh, about gravel is there's no neutral support. But so. is there is there personal support? Because I remember Sven, I think it was Scott, was out there uh, changing wheels for him. Is that right? Yeah, there's uh, at DK, you're allowed to uh, access your team this year twice at the checkpoints and that's okay. it. Um, there, well, there was the controversy of the <laughs> the GCN guys last year, I guess, were taking... They videoed themselves getting assistance, not at a checkpoint. Oh. Yeah. It's the problem, so with, I think the problem they, with having a video show. <laughs> so I think they retroactively got disqualified. Um, but yeah, so you get you can access them at the the checks at the 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 the, the, the checkpoint. That's Trek's bike. Um, oh, that is Trek's at the checkpoint, which is also Trek's bike. Um, yeah, so they uh, they had yeah they had extra wheels, tires, uh, and stuff like that. So, um, but other rides, you you know, it, it's different everywhere. Dirty Kanza is very specific. Other events will have checkpoints they may have neutral support i know my favorite ride here in wisconsin the local bike shop comes down and they'll fix your bike up for you so it, it's obviously different at every race every race i mean that's that's part of the deal uh, is it's it's different everywhere and you can kind of do what you want to make sure that your folks your your riders get the best experience possible it what do you think is the evolution and we sort of touched on this a little bit but it just it just i just want to know i want to it just kind of fascinates me about the, the rise in popularity and and the the competitor in this and is this something that we're seeing that you know we always looked at cyclocross before as being an easy point of entry into racing you know where it used to be road racing was the only way that you were able to start racing bikes and it was a pretty you know harsh reality once you got in there and and a lot of people couldn't break through and it wasn't a lot of fun uh i think in the 90s it was probably more mountain biking but even mountain biking especially back then with the you know without full squish bikes and everything else was a, a pretty hairy situation and um i think uh, a little more uh, dangerous than people were looking for. So it, it really fell to cyclocross as something that, hey, this is an easy way to get into. I can race. I'm not going to be like, even if I'm lapped, nobody will really know where I'm in there, but I'm never going to be, you know, 10 miles behind the race. I'm always going to be in this park with my buddies and it's it's fun. Has that now shifted over 
to gravel for new people? And, or is it just people who are racing these other disciplines have had enough of racing, be it, you know, the sort of shift over to sort of a Strava look at how things, how competition works? Is that part of the equation? What's, what's, what's your take on it? What is, the, what is this big appeal? That's a good question. Can I do a quick tangent first? Please. Uh, I have to say, like, uh, if you're talking about the younger age, oh my gosh, like, I went to the local Wisconsin mountain bike race uh, over the weekend. The effect that NICA is having on mountain biking is, like, already able to be seen. So I think for younger kids, like, seems like NICA <laughs> may take over the world. Um, it was just unbelievable the number of juniors, young kids that were racing, like, in the elites and the comp field. So if you're young, uh, it seems like mountain biking, thanks to the success of NICA, which will probably continue. Um, but off that segue, um, yeah, so one really cool thing that gravel events are doing is they're offering all kinds of distances. Like for Dirty Kanza, you've heard of the Dirty Kanza 200. Uh, there's also the DKXL if you want to ride 350 miles. Good Lord. But there's also, I know, right? There's a 100, there's a 50, and there's a 25, and there's a high school race. So, I mean, if you're looking for entry point, you do what you can, you know, like, and events are doing this. It's really, you know, we've been covering a lot of events this year. Every event's like, yeah, we, we added a shorter distance. We added an introductory ride. You know, we had one of the local elites come and they're leading a ride. So, I mean, you're talking about like everything that we've wanted from biking, the bike industry, cycling, getting people involved. Like to me, gravel events are, are living it. You know, <laughs> they're saying, Hey, come ride 13 miles. Like if you can, if that's all you can do, that's great. Be part of the party. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think what on the racing level, I think you're seeing a lot of people that are just getting are tired of the other of road. I um, who's it? To be determined is a blog out of the Northeast. Yeah, New York. Have yeah. you seen? Yeah. yeah. Did you see where they looked at um, tracking Rasputitsa entries and kind of where those people were coming from? I didn't look at it closely, but I, I do love what they do. I think they 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 have some good uh, articles there. So what they what they come up with. I know I was in awe. I was like, as a, as a math guy, I was like, that's impressive. I mean, they found that it was having like, uh, an impact on all disciplines, but it was like murdering road. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that that's kind of what you're seeing, but like for cross people, you know, we saw Curtis doing a nice gravel season. Uh, Sikwat has been doing it forever. Anthony Clark, you know, I've done some, some fun interviews with those guys, um, you know, Sarah Sturm, who won Belgian Waffle, she's a cyclocrosser. So for cyclocross, it's perfect. Yeah. Because uh, it's a great way I, to get your base miles. I wonder, if, she's yeah, still, I I wonder that, if she still considers herself a mountain biker. I don't, I don't know. Because that's, that's how that's she started. Question. That's, she didn't come out of nowhere. Like she's a pro mountain biker in Colorado and then was like, hey, yeah, I think I'll try cyclocross. And that was her at Rochester where she's like asking me, she's like, oh, I didn't know how startup, I didn't know how call ups worked or I didn't know how <laughs> uh, this. And I was like, oh, did I get points? <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I, I don't think anybody's going to want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that is really cool, I, I think that seems to me to be appealing uh, versus road, uh, and other people can comment on this, but one thing that's really cool is it like, it feels like a legit road race. You know, you're out on these desolate roads, you seemingly have them to yourself. Uh, you're not being confined by the yellow line rule. You're not in a pack where you can't pass anybody because of the yellow line rule. Uh, and there's a lot less negative racing because basically someone is going to be hammering at the front. Uh, so I think it's, you know, I think there's a lot about it that appeals to people from the, the race race. If we're talking about the pointy end of the, the, the race, that experience as well. Yeah. And that's really good. And, and you figure for that long of a race, it's, it, it truly, I'm sure the environment is much better, you know, especially once you're 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes down in that it's just, you know, everybody's kind of in it together, which is, which is kind of cool. And then it also sets up, you know, I sort of brought up the Strava part of it. It, it definitely sets up this, this opportunity, especially, although I, I guess DK has kind of thrown this into a bit of a, um, a change is that you can go back every year and you can sort of test yourself against what you've done. So they already have this built in, uh, measuring stick for you, but, uh, DK changed your course. Is that right? They did. Uh, they have a new course this year. They change it every three or four years. Okay. Uh, so last year went just due south. 
uh, and this year is going due north. Uh, so it's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm not going to lie. Last year, the course was basically a giant, like we'll call it like a giant box, right? So it just went, it went down one side of, of Highway 99 and it came back on the other, uh, which made it really annoying to try to follow the race because you're constantly guessing, like you're just estimating a speed of like 19 miles an hour and you're like, all right, where are they at? <laughs> How do I find them? And this year's course kind of folds back in on itself. It's like it's like uh, Reno Nationals versus Louisville Nationals, mm. uh, Bill, as a videographer, as a photographer trying to cover it. Yeah, a lot less running in uh, Louisville. Yes, yeah. yes. So this year's course kind of doubles back on itself a lot more. And so, albeit it's on a massive macro scale, it's kind of like uh, the old cyclocross course uh, that gives you multiple shooting opportunities per lap versus one <laughs> and then you drive for half an hour and pray that they haven't gotten there yet <laughs> all right zach to put you on the spot you you are the you're the um the expert in the field here on gravel racing so do you do you have some some predictions on what is going to happen at the at the front of the races at uh, dk for the men and the women i don't know about predictions uh that's that's Man, that's really putting me on the spot. But uh, I will say this: so I did this for for Land Run because uh, you know you brought this up last year. I like stories. I really like narratives. I like stories, and you know who cares about this race unless you know who's racing it. Uh, so I, you know, I kind of took a chance and just started throwing some names out there. And I think fortunately, like seven of the ten people I shouted out at least finished in the top five. So I was happy, um, or I got whatever. Um, yeah. But it was funny because I included a caveat. I was like, please feel free to use this as bulletin board material yeah. if I slighted you. And the women's winner, Nina Lachlan, she was really nice. And she was like, oh, I haven't been racing much. And so I read that and I laughed. And it's totally cool that you didn't include me. So I was like, whew. So anyway, long story short, plan on writing this tomorrow uh, and going through it. But to start with the women, awesome group of, group of women. Uh, I've gotten to interview a lot of them, write stories about them. Uh, they're super fun. You've gotten to interact with the panda herself. Amanda Nauman is always really great, and she's going to be one of those at the front. Um, so yeah, I think part of the challenge is identifying the ringers, <laughs> the gravel ringers. Last year, we saw the little badger, I think, was the top gravel ringer, and she came through in the biggest way by taking home the belt buckle, being the queen of Kansas. But um, you've got kind of like your gravel regulars. Uh, you've got Alison Tetrick won two years ago. Uh, she's been all over the place. Amanda Nauman's won twice. Kai Takashida has been winning. She she travels to a race literally every weekend uh, and wins pretty much every weekend. Mm. Uh, she won Barry Rube earlier this year. Super impressive from Japan. She's like the nicest person ever. If you see Kai, definitely go say hi to her at a gravel race because she's like the nicest person you'll ever meet. Um I, one to keep your eye on is uh, the West Coast crusher making the trip over is Olivia Dillon. Um, she's been just absolutely crushing the events out on the West Coast, lost and found. She won the Sagan Fondo. I think she beat Kat Nash at both of them last year. Um, but I was going to ask you, ringer I have my eye on, Casey Armstrong, should I have my eye on her? You A should biker, correct? definitely have your eye on her. I didn't realize that she was uh, racing. Uh, she is coming on really strong in in these uh, uh, epic rides back roads races i think she ended up in the top 10 for the most recent one in grand junction and you know it's it'll be a little bit of a change in that not as technical for what she's been racing but definitely one to watch and i think she's she's on a roll and getting getting stronger yeah, and there were a couple, uh, Anna, Chris, Anna Grace Christensen and Sarah Max both finished in the top five at Belgian Waffle. They're ones to watch. Uh, Amity Rockwell out of California. She finished second at Gravel Worlds last year, I think, and she finished in the top 10 at, at DK last year. Uh, she's one to watch. Uh, Lauren DeCrescenzo uh, did a great story on... No, hers is a great story. Questionable how good I wrote it. Um, but <laughs> she is, she's incredible. Uh, she crashed in 2016 and nearly died. Oh, um, had a traumatic brain injury uh, and she's come back. She won the Crusher last year. And so uh, I joked in the story, it's kind of like she got a second chance at life, but also gravel is kind of like her second life as a bike racer. And so she's really fun uh, and you know, she'll be definitely a strong rider uh, to watch over the course of that. 
So for the women off the top of that in my head, I'm sure I'm forgetting a number of people, um, but without looking at the start list, uh, those are some names to watch. Hopefully I got some of them right. The men, <laughs> uh, you obviously have to start with the king, uh, Ted King. It works really well. Ted King, the king. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, he's the defending champ. He's won twice. Uh, he's a former world tour rider. So he was kind of, although it was post-retirement doing this uh, before... Uh, I guess being a world tour rider and doing it was cool. Uh, Peter Stetna is the winner of Belgian Waffle. And so funny story about Peter. Uh, so Dirty Kanza publishes their start list and you've probably heard of the lottery. You have to get in the lottery. And so I'm pretty sure he like entered the lottery. So they've had the start list up on their website for a pretty long time. And I was like, oh, whoa, Peter Stetna. That's really cool. No one's really talking about it. So I interviewed him and I was like, hey, going to DK, right? And he's like, how did you hear that? And I was like, well, I don't know. It's on the website, bro. And he's like, whoa, like you can't, man, we were going to announce that, make a big deal out of it. Can you like, and I was like, yeah, I won't publish it. Oh, that's amazing. That's hilarious. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. I was like, dude, you're on the, you're on the website. So he'll be joined by, oh man, I, I read the story, but I guess I didn't read it. It's going to be Alex Howes, Lachlan Morton and Taylor Finney. And Finney. So those yeah. are the, the, I think everyone is going to have. Can we just throw King in there as a de facto EF rider? Um, you know, I was going to ask him about that when I interviewed him. I was going to be like, so, like, are you going to be giving tips? Are you, like, still part of the program? Like, do you get in on this? Like, do you get to suck wheels? Like, how does that work? Like, uh, but I, I didn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you got one be... former, you know, you got Ted King, former, well, I mean, I guess he was. It was before EF, but still in that in that the Jonathan Vauders program. You got Stetna, Trek Segafrego rider. That's some that's some that's some good firepower at the front of that race. Yeah, I think one of the challenges for those guys is Stetna, Peter Stetna alluded to it uh, when I talked to him. He's like, everyone kind of has their eye on you. You know, no one's gonna let you get away like you make a move early on they're going to cover it so i think that's probably one of the challenges that those guys will face uh another name cyclocross name josh barry do you remember josh barry yes yeah yeah deep cut uh uh we had a fun hilarious photo of him like flexing in his team usa kit when he was like 17 or something it was it was pretty (laughs) funny uh but he he's another one of those guys he's been doing some mountain biking he's i think done some of the epic rides races but yeah he did really well i think in a whiskey yeah, so he's yeah. kind of like established a second life, as it were, as a gravel racer. Uh, I think he's on the giant off-road team this year, and so that's kind of uh, a big part of what it is. He finished second last year. Uh, it was really funny, too. So both him and Ted King are Velocio uh, ambassadors. So they had the same kid on, and everyone's like, oh, look at these two guys working together. And it, you know, some people were like, what, what's up with Ted King and Josh Berry working there? And they're like, uh, we were just wearing the same kit. Like, yeah. we're not on the same team so uh in the the you know the whole whatever teams and stuff that came up last year that was a, a funny side note um yeah so he finished second uh i didn't see if kabush is doing it or not he finished third last year uh had a good race matt do you stevens want, do you want me to give you a give you a little uh inside information yeah jeff kabush will be there and he'll be looking spectacular in his skin suit really yeah Okay, so Kabush is in. Uh, I mean, can't count him out. He won't have arrow bars. No arrow bars for Jeff. No siree. Uh, and speaking of arrow bars, Matt Stevens also finished in the top five last year, and he's uh, he's one of the one of the first guys to really first man or woman to really just say, "Hey, I'm going to do gravel racing," uh, and has done quite well at it. He won in 2017, uh, and so he's always one to have your eye on. Yeah, so I mean that's kind of like a round out of some of uh, some of the men uh, to kind of keep your eye out. Some of the men who did well last year, Drew Dillman, dude, Drew Dillman crushed it at Land Run. He is looking so strong. I mean, he's been out there, you know, not necessarily his forte, mountain biking, but he's been uh, at the last two epic rides races and looking great. It was kind of funny him and um, Brandon Fix actually were racing uh each other in the uh, grand junction off-road and um yeah brandon came in and was basically like i cannot stay with you on the climbs talking to (laughs) 
talking to Drew. So he's uh they're they're both doing well, and uh, I think that I think what uh, he'll do something possibly in this race, but I think he's he's gonna be fun to watch as, when cyclocross comes around. Yeah, I was gonna say flashing back to the previously recorded podcast that will come out after this. Uh, Drew Dillman cyclocross season. I think he's gonna be uh, he's gonna make some noise. He's uh, kind of got things settled down in terms of living out in California and uh, not having a job that was taking up a lot of his time. So yeah, looking forward to seeing what uh, what Dizzle does. Yeah, it's fun to fun to have those guys showing up for these events too. It sort of mixes it up, but I guess that's also you know him and Amanda that SDG team. Uh, it's one of their priorities, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you knew that Drew was going to end up doing DK right. uh, the moment that he signed with that team. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'll leave it at that. I'm sure once I go through the list, there'll be other, other names, uh, that may pop up and, and ride their way into the top five. You know, I think a big thing, uh, Kansas has been just getting like pummeled by rain. And so conditions will definitely could play a role. They always do. There's a certain, like, so there's a certain thing of like with, with dirty Kanza, a lot of the roads kind of have that deal where they have like two drive tracks, but then there's just a bunch of junk in the middle. And the problem is the junk in the middle is like Flint rock. Mm, And so um, a lot of mistakes that like, I know Michael Vandenham made some kind of mistake similar to that last year where you like, you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm not happy in this lane. I want to hop over the other one. And then you just gash your sidewall. So, you know, if flats could play a role, uh, they derailed Ted King in 2017. Uh, and the, the gods of Kanza are merciless. (laughs) Uh, ask, ask Sven Ness. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that would be, that will play a role if you're looking at favorites. It's like part of the the goal is to not flat. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it's all, it's kind of like everything, right? You got to be good, but you also have to be able to race a clean race. And that's, that's, that's going to be huge. Well, that's, that's fun. So when is, when is this, uh, when is your preview going to be showing up in the pages of uh, Cyclocross Magazine? Uh, probably by Thursday. I okay. should probably do it by Thursday so people can, so maybe be up by the time this is up Yeah, and then everyone can tell me I'm terrible and I picked the wrong people and why did I forget? Blah, blah, blah. It's, um, it's, it's why we do this, Zach. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I really like it. I think there's a bunch of awesome people and I guess just having some sense of like who's racing is, is interesting to me. Uh, and so I just assume that if it's interesting to me, that maybe there's at least like five other people out there who also find it interesting, you know, um, like narratives are good. I, I think people, that's why part of what people like about sports. When we do this again, when, when we have, um, episode two of Groding. Grodio. It's got to be Grodio. Rodeo. I'm sorry. I got it wrong. I got, I got completely <laughs> screwed it up all, already. Like Charles Grodio. Um, uh, we're we're going to have to do a, 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 a gravel uh, heat check power rankings. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. That, that, w- that will build the narrative. So we're going to have to, we'll, we'll, we'll start it here. And then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there already. I'm going to, I'm gonna, as uh, as as Jalen and Jacoby would say, I'm putting it on wax. Uh, <laughs> that uh, we'll move it over to video at some point. Cool, but can we so we can book it for the the DK roundup with yeah. the the Grodio power rankings? Yeah. Yes, yeah. please. We're yes, doing it. I'm there. I'm awesome. so there, and by there I mean in my bedroom, <laughs> talking to you on Skype. <laughs> Perfect. So. Uh, you all listening to this on the Wide Angle Podium Parts Bin, the first ever episode of Grodio. We'll, uh, we'll have that to look forward to. We're going to catch up with Zach after DK, and he has taken it all in and is able to give us the, the full rundown of what went on. And then we're going to look at all of the gravel races that took place before that. We're going to put together the first ever Grodio heat check power rankings this has like man that has like a lot of and i don't know what your algorithm is but like you know there's a lot of potential for like what's the decay rate and you know like with nate silver and his poll weighting you mm-hmm. know which races have more weight and what like what rate do they decay at and there is there oh, there is i can say this there there is a, a spreadsheet exists okay that i i will go that far and and we will be doing the same for, for the Grodio heat awesome. check power rankings. Oh, this is going to be so much fun.
fantastic. Hey, Zach, awesome. thank you. This was this was cool. I know we uh, we started with kind of the overall, but then went into Kansas, but I think that worked out perfectly, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing this again. I'm going to be, you're going to convert me over over to a, to a Gravel fan. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. I think you'll like it. You like the vibe. Like yeah, the vibe sure. is the vibe is good for sure. Uh, yeah. Although I was I was uh, thinking about you and your tracking shots and how difficult uh, <laughs> those may be. I was really thinking about how that might work. Um, well, do but, they but do they have like they have like lead vehicles? They have like uh, are there motos out there? No, n- not at DK. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know how it is at other races, but they they just go. I mean. Honestly, the, last year there was so much dust. Like oh, I yeah. felt super guilty, like ri- driving on the course because sure. I was like, "Oh man, these people are suffering," and I'm just like, "Woohoo, kicking up <laughs> dust in your face!" So I really tried to avoid that. But I, there would be the potential for like, "Oh, dude, it has so much moto potential." Like those roads that just go on forever. Yeah, dude, and your gimbal and your odd. Oh, well, may may have to. There's just, a lot of potential there, Bill. It may just have to be the drone tracking shots. That's what I've sort of like been relying on for the. For, uh mountain biking so uh, okay that yeah, might be the uh, answer awesome know, uh, all right so uh if you um have made it through this hour with uh zach and i thank you and thanks for tuning in to the wide angle podium parts bin what i would ask you to do is uh if you like this let us know you know we really want to know your feedback you can just go on to to twitter and uh, let us know there if this is something that you want us to do how the parts bin works is that if these shows get popular and people want to see them continue then we'll move them on over to their own feed so maybe that's something that uh zach and i'll be able to do in the future but it you know we need we need to hear from you uh and also head on over to wideanglepodium.com check out all of the other shows that we have over there and um thanks for tuning in and thank you zach yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I really, really appreciate this opportunity. It's been super fun. I haven't gotten to talk about this much gravel and like talking, talking in a while. So it's been fun. Awesome. We'll do it again soon. All right, cool. Thanks, Bill.